girls and young ladies and women, you were just honored in a prayer, and I hope that these slides will honor you as well. And I appreciate the encouragement that I received Wednesday night. And of course, I heard from some girls and some young ladies and women, but I appreciate the men that understood the value and the importance of it, and that we do not want to let the Roman Catholic Church steal from us something that is precious in the Word of God, and that's the mother of our Lord. Amen. And we are not. We understand salvation as well as we can understand it, and she doesn't have a role in it except the vehicle of his incarnation into this world. But she did have character that he loved and favored and blessed abundantly. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her character, her choices, and her conduct are what we want to learn about. We don't want to learn about the incarnation that's been preached many times in the past. We don't want to learn about Mariolatry and the refutation of it from the Bible. We want to learn her character, choices, and conduct. We started a study of Mary this past Wednesday, and we will finish today. Here is a response from a young lady. Dear Pastor, thank you so much for the study on Mary tonight. It thrilled my soul with renewed zeal. Her passion for the Lord was undeniable. It convicts me greatly, and I look forward very much to the rest of the slides. Is it possible to go over more in Sunday's second service? So for whoever you are and wherever you are, it's Sunday, and it's the first service. <laughs> Mary is an incredible woman, and I want to be more like her. All the business and distractions of this life steal the joy and pure love I should have for the Lord. I remember a time talking so openly with him, it was as if he was sitting in the passenger seat of my car. He was in my every thought and motive. He was the only one I lived and breathed for. Every morning spent in devotions was never long enough. All I wanted was to read and find more. I wanted to find the most about his character. I was completely in love with him and who he is. Forget date night. Every day was date day. Mary had that joy of knowing him, and it was evident in her excellent psalm that she said to Elizabeth, what is often called the Magnificat, Thank you, blessed God, for your Holy Spirit and conviction he gives. Forgive me for losing first love. He is worthy of our best esteem. Amen. Now we just sang these words. Possessed of him I wish no more. He is an all-sufficient store. To praise him, all my powers conspire. Christ is the treasure I desire. May the Lord continue to multiply the efforts you put into Wednesday night. Thank you. After a summer of dissecting each word of Jesus is all I wish or want in my journal, my favorite is possessed. And we just sang it, brethren. Great pick. I'm alive and I breathe and I work for those who want to love and live for God and His Son. Like the author of that letter to me. As a church, we have studied some great women in the Bible recently, Deborah and Jael, great woman of Shunem, and some power couples. If we want a Bible role model for our girls, how can we do better than Mary? God's divine stamp of approval on her life is far above all other women for the role that he gave her. The study that we're covering is our study to show our girls and young ladies that we appreciate them and desire their greatness. And some of these slides are from Wednesday night to get you back into the thought process of what we covered then. This is our goal, girls and young ladies. We appreciate you, and we desire your greatness in God's sight like Mary. Amen. The content, the pictures, the vocabulary were chosen to reach single-digit girls. Parents could or should take the slides and use them again with their daughters. To reach. This isn't a Sunday school class. I just want to dip down in the way that I present this to reach down to girls that are single-digit 
because I'm addressing everyone here and the content can help men that are 89 years old as well because they're grandfathers and they're great-grandfathers and they have a family tree with a lot of girls in those family trees. I'm addressing every single one of you and I'm addressing me, but I also want to reach down in a way to keep the attention of some of our girls. As a church, we're working our way through Isaiah and we read about Mary as a virgin bearing a son. We read about a child being born in a stable or barn and a son being given in that same place in Bethlehem. As a church, we were warned recently in our study of Isaiah, just think about how the Lord's brought a number of things together. Together, We were warned in Isaiah chapter 3 about a kind of woman and a class of women that we don't want in our church and we want to be very different from. Remember this picture? Because it's from Isaiah 3 about the haughtiness. They're, not, they're haughty. They're not meek and quiet. They're conceited. They're saucy and snotty. Think they're something because of their looks. Prone to selfies for fun. You remember the slide. Remember the tinkling feet ornaments that the Lord went after and criticized. Ladies, if you want to wear these at home, more power to you. Bracelets. What I want you to think about is, did Mary look like that? Never, not ever. Did Mary ever do that in public? Never, not ever. That, never, never. Because she was modest and God put his divine stamp of approval on her. Someone might say to me, you don't have a verse that tells us that Mary did not wear ten rings on each hand. I don't need a verse that says that. All I need is a verse that she found favor in God's sight and to know that God wrote Isaiah 3. That's all I need. Mary was the opposite of these haughty and wicked women. So we want to study Mary for a few days. I've been a pastor for 35 years, and I've never preached on Mary before. There are many Marys in the Bible, and don't get them confused. Do you know where Mary of Rome is found? Romans 16. Do you know about Mary of Bethany? Her sister's name was Martha. That's John chapter 11 and other places. Mary Magdalene, Jesus cast seven devils out of her. Mary, the mother of Mark, was Barnabas' sister. Mary, the mother of James, is the mother of one of the apostles. And then there is Mary, the mother of Jesus. We've studied her, her childbirth before. We've blasted Mariolatry before. We want to look for practical and spiritual traits. We don't want to twist Scripture looking for them, but we want our girls to see some things and to be able to identify some traits that would make them more like Mary. We're going to assume and include Bible traits of virtuous women, the opposite of Isaiah 3. We know that Mary matched Proverbs 31 because God inspired Proverbs 31. And God found Mary, God found, she, Mary found favor in God's sight. And God blessed Mary as his favorite choice of a woman to bear his son. And so we know she was a virtuous woman by the fact that God inspired Proverbs 31. And he wouldn't have picked an odious woman. And he wouldn't have picked a whorish woman. He picked a pure woman that matches the character traits found in Proverbs 31. She was virtuous before God. We've, we've already looked at these examples before, and I sent them to you in the preparatory email. Paul and Peter gave us examples of Sarah, Rahab, and others. By the way, before I forget it, and I don't have a slide for it, and I have a slide for a lot, um, you shouldn't have given me four days between Wednesday and today. I had 240 on Wednesday, and I have 480 today. But uh, we're going to skip some, because my wife has told me that I need to skip some of what we covered on Wednesday night, and I appreciate the encouragement because I would just slow this thing down and you'd be here till 6 tonight, and I would enjoy every minute of presenting it to you. I want to encourage every girl, every young lady, every woman that has anything in her past that bothers her. I would suggest that she appreciate the fact that Paul used Rahab and she made the cut into Hebrews 11. Rahab made Hebrews 11, and she was a prostitute. 
I would encourage these girls, young ladies and women to go read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1 and I want them to look for Tamar and find out who Tamar was and what Tamar did and what her relationship was to Judah. I'd like her to find Rahab in Matthew chapter 1. I'd like her to find Bathsheba in Matthew chapter 1. And I would like her to find a Moabitess in Matthew chapter 1. And those are the only four women mentioned in Matthew chapter 1. And it's very encouraging to a woman that has anything in her past, repentance wipes it away. And you get to start over with the Lord and be like Mary. Girls and young ladies should take in every trait as goals for their lives today and tomorrow. Young men, you can benefit by learning the traits of character and conduct that make great wives, a great woman like Mary. Parents should consider the traits as goals for their child training. And I appreciated the men that recognized that, though there was no emphasis on it on Wednesday evening. I had some men after Wednesday night tell me that it meant a great deal to them to be reminded of a different focus for their daughters than we default to. Mary trait number one, hate the Catholic Mary because the Catholic Church is full of abominations of the earth and she's the mother of them, that's where they come from and she follows doctrines of devils rather than the truth. Satan led the Roman Catholic Church to teach these lies. Do you know these things? And well, just, just a second, I, some of you young ladies commended the Wednesday night presentation in that time wasn't spent or wasted, I'll add those two words, on fighting Mariolatry because you just wanted positive things to be able to dwell on. But let me remind you that the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, and many Protestants believe that Mary's parents were Joachim and Anne, and that Anne conceived Mary immaculately, without sin. The Immaculate Conception in the Catholic Church, Immaculate Conception is not the conception of Jesus. The Immaculate Conception is the conception of Mary. Mary was sinless her whole life. She was a perpetual virgin her whole life. She's also a redemptrix, meaning she was a redeemer along with the Lord Jesus. She was assumed into heaven. They don't know yet whether she died or not. They don't know whether she died and was raised after three days or whether she assumed before she died. It's a point of contention in the Catholic Church, but she went into heaven one way or the other, and the rosary has ten Hail Marys to every one of our Father's prayers. Now, the Bible doesn't give us Jacob as the name of the father of Mary. What does the Bible tell us is the father of Mary? Heli. Does the Bible tell us the mother's name of Mary? Not a chance. Can you imagine Mary's holy wrath about these monstrous lies of Rome? If you're able to pick up anything about Bible character, can you imagine Mary's wrath if she knew these things were being taught about her? Mary equals Miriam. Let's re- okay, some of you are wondering, I've just never imagined Mary with holy wrath. Then you don't think biblically. And I'm here to save you today. You do not think biblically. Because great women can get very mad and can have great anger. Just like the Lord can. And just like the Holy Spirit does and just like men do. She would be incensed with that. Worship of her. I want, you to, I want to remind you this about Mary and Miriam. Mary equals Miriam. Mary's Greek for Hebrew Miriam. She danced for joy and sang praises for drowned Egyptians at her feet. Right. It's Exodus chapter 15. Just remember that about Mary being named after that woman. Satan led the Roman Catholic Church to mock and shame Jesus. We shouldn't be surprised if they do it to Mary. You remember these pictures from Wednesday evening. Yes, I'm skipping some and I'm going fast over others. The following pictures are of what the Catholic Church thinks of Mary. And it's their perverse idea of Mary. It's not biblical. They don't have a picture of Mary. But it's how the devil operates. So they have pictures like this of Mary. And so you get these in your head from Bible story books, Christmas cards, being in false churches, and they have a bad effect. They're like porn in a man's mind because this is spiritual porn 
of having Roman Catholic pictures in our head about Mary, and we forget who she really was and what a Bible woman was really like. That's no woman that could do anything. That, that woman would cave in and faint from Braxton Hicks contractions. That little thing right there? Poor Joseph. Oh, you're kidding me. Catholic girls have long been trained to grow up to be like Mary. Oh, yes. Well, you say it sounds like what we're doing. Yes, but it's very different. This is the way that Catholics teach their girls to grow up to be like Mary. To be like Mary this way, like that. I'm sorry, you chose it. She doesn't look very happy. Mary rejoiced in spirit. Poor things. Lives ruined because of the Catholic Church. Notice them on their knees. They're doing a little bit of penance while they eat on a hardwood floor. Here is a generalized idea of what the real Mary may have looked like. Just This is for our young girls. This is for our girls to have a picture, just pictures, of what Mary could have looked like. Mary trait number two, we're going to skip it. I covered it on a Wednesday evening. For anyone that is watching this later, we encourage you to go to our website and look for Mary number one, because today is going to be Mary number two and Mary number three, not traits, but video presentations of PowerPoint slides. This one I didn't give you on Wednesday evening, and it's one of my favorites. Mary trait number three, she feared God. All that is written about Mary proves that she had an independent fear and love of God, Jehovah. And I'm underlining this word. It is the most important single sentence that I can give you for measuring a person. Do they have an independent fear and love of God? Independent means they need no outside influence. They need no outside encouragement. They don't need anyone or anything because they have within them a born-again seed, as 1 John chapter 3 describes it, that must love God, must fear God, and never gives up on God. Mary had it. Mary had it. All that is written proves it. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. God would never have said that to a woman that did not fear and love him supremely. Mary responded, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. She had just heard some mind-twisting things. But she said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. I'm his servant. He can do whatever he wants with me. Be it unto me according to thy word, is what she said to Gabriel. And Gabriel departed. Mary said when she met Elizabeth, my soul doth magnify the Lord. That's a woman that fears God and loves God. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Girls, this is how we want you to talk. But first of all, you need to think this way. And your hearts need to dwell on words like this. These are wonderful statements in the Word of God. Making statements like this to Elizabeth are as wonderful as killing Goliath. Neither God nor Joseph would have cared about Mary if she did not fear and love the Lord more than others did. God exalted and promoted Mary from obscurity to blessed greatness like he raised David up from the sheep coat. David was a nobody. David was, lived in obscurity as the youngest son of Jesse, but the Lord raised him up to the throne. Mary was a no one. She was a handmaiden of the Lord. She lived in the backwoods of Nazareth of Galilee. But the Lord promoted her to the mother of his only begotten son. The most important thing about any girl, girls, the most important measure is that she fears and loves God. The most important thing about you, and it's how we measure you, and it's how God measures you. So you don't have to worry about the other things that the world tries to measure you by, or some peers may try to measure you by, even in our church. We don't care what they think. 
We will correct them, and we will weed them out eventually. What matters is, is that you fear God and you love God. Look at Deuteronomy 10. How important is the fear and love of God? Deuteronomy 10. And now Israel. What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Girls, this is what God wants from all of us. But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's what God requires of us. That is not onerous. That's exciting. That should be a privilege. That's a pleasure to do these things. Ecclesiastes 12.3, Solomon wrote, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. All his study, fear God. Proverbs 31, the the, the queen mother of King Lemuel, in describing the perfect woman, she fears the Lord. Favor is deceitful. Don't worry about that, girls. Beauty is vain. Don't worry about it. But a woman that feareth the Lord... She shall be praised. That is how God measures you. That is how we measure you. The most important trait about any girl is if she fears and loves God. What does fear and love of God look like? I am glad you asked so that I could ask our webmaster. Here's what he said. He gave us this page. This is his slide. Who can find a virtuous woman? He made it interactive. You can score yourself. You can score your mother. You can score your sisters. But be gentle and careful about doing either of those. (laughs) Who can find a virtuous woman? Now it starts off with measuring her fear of God. And so my question is, what does fear and love of God look like? I'm glad you asked. It's been on our website for a long, long time. Thank you, webmaster. Fear of God. Here it is. Follow with me. It's worth it. First of all, you can see that it's the fear of the Lord, and it's based on Proverbs 31.30, and it's to be completed by parents about another girl that's not their daughter. And it's pass or fail. We don't care if you score five, six, four, seven, or three. All we want is pass or fail. Either you meet this criterion or you don't. Proven fear of God. You say, well, that's what we're trying to answer. Okay, I got you. Love of God. Trust in Scripture. Delight in the Lord. Love of the truth. Fellowship with Christ. So they write emails like the one I started with. Zeal for worship. They love to go to church. Complete conversion on all subjects. Hatred of sin in the world. Willing to learn and change. Confident of eternal life. Baptized. Lives by faith. Loves strong preaching. No fear of peers. Honors her parents. Loves prayer. She's holy. She despises man's wisdom. She's spiritually minded. Hates false ways. She's humble. She craves instruction. She's evangelistic. She's wise, intolerant of sin. Yeah. That's what it means to fear the Lord and love the Lord. And it's been on our website for a long, long time. Parents should complete it. So some boy comes home and says, Mom and Dad, I like so-and-so. Why? Because she's pretty. You pop this up. It's called Rate-A-Date. If you type in Rate-A-Date on our website in a search box, up will come this and say, Boy, let's sit down and measure the girl. Now, we get to do the first one by ourselves. And so you measure the girl, and if she doesn't have these kind of traits, she flunks. It's right there. It's it's F. She gets an F. She flunks. That's what it means. Okay, we're still working on trait number three. Girls, think about Mary. Girls, are you with me? Think about Mary and her fear and love of God very hard with me for a minute. Think with me. How did Mary fear God? How did Mary... Love God. The true fear and the true love of God must be independent of parents, siblings, friends, or pastor. That's what I started out with. Independent. Independent, meaning 
You stand on your own by yourself and you don't need anyone else to coddle you, comfort you, encourage you to fear God and love him because you have it inside of you and it is a consuming flame that's going to keep with you for the rest of your life. I can promise you this. If you all left and my wife deserted me for the Mormons, it will not change me one whit because he is more important than all of you squared including my wife. Don't, please. I had great pleasure telling a young man this morning about us at 17 and 14. My little Mary. Independent. You do not fear or love God because of outside influences or persons, but you choose Him for yourself. Girls, if there's one thing I want you to get today is you're going to choose God for yourself. And no matter what anyone else does, no matter what anyone else says, I'm his and he is mine forever. Nothing can ever touch you. Nothing can ever touch you if you make that choice and you make that intentional choice. Independent means, girls, that you buy into it or you own it as your own. You buy into it. You own it as yours. You fully commit to it yourself. You make it your own. You claim it for yourself. That's what we mean by independent. And I'm going I'm to stress this point. She, Mary was in, had an independent fear of God and love of God. It wasn't motivated by anything else but God himself, just like David. David didn't need anyone. Mary didn't need anyone. Independent means that you love God and you fear God, not for parents, not for siblings, not for family, not for friends, not for pastor. It's all no. They don't have any influence on it. I've committed myself to the creator God, Jehovah of the Bible, and I've committed to his written word, and I've committed to his son, Jesus Christ, and I trust in the power of the Holy Ghost to sustain me for the rest of my life by his word. I'm repeating myself in slides. The true fear and true love of God must be independent of parents, siblings, friends, or pastor. We do not want you loving God or fearing God because your parents do. We do not want you loving God or fearing God because your siblings do. We don't care about your brothers and sisters. We care about you. You say, well, what about my sister? Well, I'm going to talk to her now. We don't care about your brothers and sisters. We care about you. Independent means if parents... Siblings, family, friends, and pastor all turned against you, it would not matter. You would still fear and love God supremely for the rest of your life, period. That's an independent fear and love of God. Mary independently feared and loved God. Right there. How do we know? that God did not give you a slight hint about her parents, siblings, friends, or pastor. You say, well, she, she had to have had good parents. No, she didn't have to have good parents. Right. We have some sitting in this room that fear God that didn't have good parents. Right. She didn't have to have good parents. Well, she had to have good, no, she didn't have to have good siblings. She had an independent fear and love of God. We know, we know her father's name, Heli. It's Luke chapter 3. We don't know anything about her mother. We don't know anything about her siblings. Do you realize that we know a woman, we have a genealogy of her that traces all the way back to Adam. We can run from Adam to Mary. In Luke 3, all the way back to Adam. But nothing about the influences in her life. Because she didn't need anyone. She didn't need anyone to go meet Elizabeth with her. She didn't need someone to coach her and coddle her and encourage her and put a little 3 by 5 note card in front of her on what to say to Elizabeth. She unleashed the spirit that was inside her. And that a parent cannot put that spirit inside a girl. God has to put that spirit inside a girl and the girl has to culture it and, and nourish it. And we as fathers and we as husbands need to cultivate it and nourish it in our girls. Girls, think about Mary and her fear and love of God very hard, like I just wanted you to think right here. She didn't need any of those things. Are you committed like she was? I am, but you don't need your pastor. You need God, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and His Word. We're going to try to help you, and that's why we have churches, is to help each other. 
Okay. So trait number four, she was a country girl. We're going to skip that one. Trait number five, she was a virgin. We're going to skip that one because we've already covered it. Trait number six, she was engaged. We're going to skip that one. Number seven, she married a cousin. Oh, there's so much value in going over that slower, but uh, trait number eight, yes. Trait number eight, God loved her. We often think about David as delighting in the Lord, but the Lord delighted in David. I've just mentioned that Mary loved God. God loved Mary. The Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee, Mary. I have been sent straight from God. Luke 126 ought to make your skin leap. And Gabriel, an angel, was sent from God to Mary in Nazareth. He delighted in her like he did David, for he chose her for the greatest favor and blessing put on a woman. God loved her. The angel came in and said unto her, the angel Gabriel, Hail, thou that art highly favored. God wants to favor you in the highest way. He's with you. Blessed art thou among women. God is going to bless you with an incredible event. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast found favor with God. God delighted in her. God loved her. God sent an angel to her, just like we read of Micaiah in 1 Kings 22. You know, the, the whole assembly in heaven. And God says, who's going to go and tell Mary what I have in store for her? And Gabriel raised his hand, and Gabriel was assigned to the task. Just like every child has, an angel from heaven, just like David trusted when he wrote in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. God sent an angel to her. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. The angel Gabriel was sent from God. You know, Jacob made a bed of stones and had a vision, a dream. And in that dream, he saw a ladder from him up into heaven. And angels were coming down the ladder and angels were going up the ladder. And it was a statement from God that I'm with you and my angels will be with you. Gabriel came right into the room, wherever or field, wherever Mary was and spoke to her. This put her in the company of Jacob that I just described. Daniel, who had angels come and reveal incredible future things to him in chapters 10 through 12. To Peter, who was in prison and had an angel kick him in the side and tell him to get up and led him out into the street. This should be every girl's first goal, to grow in favor with God himself. For God to love you, that's what counts. We don't care if your peers love you, and you shouldn't care. You should care if God loves you. And if you have godly parents, that they love you and the way you live. Make growing in favor with God the most important thing. And you do that by walking with God and having Him with you. Walking with God is an intimate and personal friendship by holy living, prayer and meditation and praise. What you heard and read in that first email that I shared with you this morning. And I hope the the writer is not bothered by me using the wonderful, wonderful testimony. Few Christian girls, oh, few, very few, hardly any, really not any. That's to make a point. Few Christian girls care about their souls or to walk with God, for they are earthly-minded belly worshipers. That's what the Bible says about them. Whose God is their belly, and they mind earthly things. Mary was not average, our, or God would not have shown her special favor and blessings. Girls, be the best. Be the best. Do not settle for average. Do not settle to be like others. Do not settle to be a little bit better than others. A little bit better than being earthly minded and carnally minded is earthly minded and carnally minded. Be different, be exceptional. Be, Mary was exceptional. Be exceptional. It is a choice. It is a choice to grow in favor with God and to have a great name. The Bible says it's a choice. A good name is rather to be chosen. Mary made that choice. That's why it's her character, her choices, and her conduct. For God to love you, 
have a vision of God and delight in Him more than anything or anyone else. I did not prompt the email that I got. God, God prompted it. And He prompted me to use it. I didn't prompt it. So some special girl, young lady or woman in this assembly gets this. And she wasn't writing to say how good she is at it, but how much more she wants of it. And that she'd let it slip a little. But she was back. Such a girl talks to God often, like driving around, does everything as to Him, no person or thing gets between her and him. Wonderful. Like that, girls. A modern Mary. Sorry. She was brave. Well, we covered that one on Wednesday evening. I'm sorry about interrupting this like this. I'm sorry to me first and you second, because this bothers me a lot. She was inquisitive. We're going to skip over that. She did. She wanted to understand things, and so she asked questions. She was humble, and we covered that. She was obedient. She was zealous. Yes, she was. She wasn't a wallflower. What's a wallflower? Mary was not a wallflower. Like so many Christian girls, she had great energy and used it in many ways. God has not called you to be wallflowers. (sighs) I do not have time to explore this at length. A meek and quiet spirit is in two places. With your husband and in church assemblies. When you are outside of those two realms, the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 could negotiate with the best men on the planet. She could see things and do things, and she did see things, and she did do things that were incredibly creative, intelligent, and required great verbal skills. Meek and quiet is in 1 Peter chapter 3, and it's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and it is talking in the latter place about with husbands and in church assemblies, and in the former place about with husbands. There's a summary. Wallflower. What is a wallflower? A girl that sits or stands by and does not engage in activity or conversation with those around. You're never going to be great. You're not going to grow in favor with God or men because we're not nuns. This is a nun. Godly women are meek and quiet in marriage and they're meek and quiet in church assemblies but they negotiate with commercial real estate agents and merchants, according to Proverbs 31. I, I, wonder why, I wonder why Mary spoke to Gabriel, since she had a man in her presence. I wonder why she just didn't hang her head and just, just hang her head. I don't know. She interrogated him. I'm the Lord's handmaiden. Be it unto me as thou hast spoken. Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Mary trait number 14 is she believed God. We've covered that one on Wednesday evening. She praised God. We covered that on Wednesday evening. She rejoiced in spirit. Trait number 16, she rejoiced in spirit. Mary had a spirit, and she rejoiced in that spirit. And her second response was to glorify God for His goodness. Her first one was to praise Him, and now she rejoiced. My spirit, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary had a spirit that was full of joy. And joy is a commandment. Joy is not an option. If you really know God, and He really is your friend, and you're really walking with Him, there is always reason to be praising God and rejoicing in spirit. Like Paul and Barnabas in the dungeon in Acts chapter 16. Her joy, her joy was in God's great work that she did not deserve as a lowly servant. And so if we get a proper view of ourselves, girls, young ladies, and women, and put ourselves down where we belong, and look at what God's done to us to elevate us, like we read in Psalm 113, we'll have a joyful spirit. Mary was full of joy, full of joy in her heart or spirit, which produced her verbal praise. And her verbal praise is right here. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. 
A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. For girls to be like Mary, they need to have a joyful spirit. For all the Lord has done for them, and he has done a lot for each one of you. The Bible tells us you can have this at your disposal. The God of hope can fill you with all joy. How much joy is that? He can fill you with all joy and peace in believing. All you've got to do is believe, which Mary did. Elizabeth confessed it, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is able to give you joy and fill you with joy and fill you with all joy. In a sinful world, things go wrong. But God is still faithful and he has never done wrong. So reject a broken spirit. Your friend, your God, your father, your friend has never done wrong. Though things go wrong in life and they go wrong in the world because we ruin the world with sin ourselves. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Mary didn't have a broken spirit about anything. She rejoiced in God her Savior. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Things can go wrong when a man's spirit is right, and he can, he can overcome anything. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? And it's a choice to have a wounded spirit, or it's a choice to have a good spirit that will sustain you. Mary had one. A cheerful, happy spirit is one of the most beautifying traits a girl can have. Amen. You don't need a makeover. You need a soul over. Amen. If you'd work on your soul, it'll shine through your face. Your face will light up. There's no makeup in the world that can give light in your eyes and light to your face and light to your smile like having God inside you and you're happy with him and he's happy with you. Amen. It is. You say, are you talking like a man or is our pastor? Both. Because <laughs> both are absolutely true. Listen, girls, it does not matter what kind of a body they have or what kind of clothes they have on. If they have a dead face and eyes that are a whore's eyes, and wicked and evil. A smiling, pure face of a Christian girl is incredibly beautifying and attractive. She'll do. Just an example. She was God's trophy. Mary was God's trophy, and she knew it. She knew she was unworthy, but glorified God for how he would show his power in her. Right. So she considered herself God's trophy. We should all be considered God's trophy. I want to polish myself as well as I can to show the glory of God through my life. Isn't that what Matthew 5 teaches? Let your lights shine before men. We want to show the reflection of God in us. He hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. And that's a right thing to do, to call her blessed, because God did bless her. For he that is mighty, notice, he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Not holy is my name. There's so much truth in the word of God. Holy is his name. The, the, holy is his name is what she said. She would not like the fact that in the Catholic rosary, 165 prayers are made, 150 are to Mary, and 15 are to God in heaven. He's regarded the lowest state. She considered herself, she called herself a handmaiden, she call, or, which is a domestic servant. But she added low estate to it this time. The low estate right there in the top line. Low estate of his handmaiden. Mary knew that God's great power would be glorified through her pregnancy. That is what made it exciting to her. It was not exciting to her to be the mother of the Lord. It was exciting to her for what God was going to do through her. Right. And there's a big difference there. We never want the glory ourselves. It's how Have you ever heard us pray in this church, girls, young ladies and women? God, glorify thyself to us and glorify thyself through us, Amen. that others can see you through us. Mary knew God's great power would be glorified through her pregnancy. Most girls use negative circumstances or questionable events to justify discouragement or quitting, but great girls use them for his glory. Amen. When something bad happens in your life, Show that you have the power of Christ inside you and resting on you and overcome it. That's how you glorify God. You don't glorify God by getting discouraged because something bad happened. We don't care if two things bad happened or 20 things bad happened. Get over it. Grow up. 
Bad things happen in this life. We asked for it in the Garden of Eden. Mary didn't. Paul didn't. Look what Paul said. Paul said, my, when, I, when I heard from the Lord Jesus Christ, this is Jesus speaking, when he said unto me, this is Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Instead of getting discouraged, instead of wanting to quit, I'm going to get excited about my infirmities. I'm glad for them. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this thorn in the flesh so that I can show your strength and power through me, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You can't show the power of Christ when everything is going well. You can't do it. you got to have something bad come up. Notice how Mary said that God's name was holy and not hers, and I've made that point. She knew Scripture, and that's what we finished with on Wednesday evening. But I've had some in between. Remember this? This is what the, the girl, young lady, or woman that wrote us said was a psalm. Let's read it again. This is how a 15-year-old thinks who's walking with God. This is how a 15-year-old thinks that loves Scripture. And then they not only think it, they can get it out to a 75-year-old woman who's a priest's wife. Very intimidating. Not to marry. Not to marry at all. She said, thank you, Cousin Elizabeth, that you're done. I have something I'd like to say now. And hers is pretty good. Hers is very good. His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. Speaking of God, He hath showed strength with His arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich He hath sent empty away. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Elizabeth was inspired for insight of Mary, but Mary was not inspired for what you just read. The Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible does tell us that the Holy Ghost came upon Elizabeth for her to say what she said to Mary because... Before Mary could tell her, Elizabeth already knew what was going to happen to Mary because the angel told her. It came to pass, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. There's another great woman in the Bible that could and did talk like that, and it was Hannah, and we went over those things. Remember this from Wednesday night? For a girl to know these things like Mary did and to think and speak this way, she must pay attention in church she must read her Bible, think about what she's reading, and talk to others about the truth. And that is the exercise that brings it up into liveliness in your heart and out through your mouth. Guys, when you perceive a girl like this, get your father and her father and ask for a date or more. When you find a woman that thinks and speaks like Mary. Mary, trait number 19, she was spiritual. She had sober speech and an outlook on life reflecting God and His salvation. She was spiritual. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. I'm so excited to be here with you, cousin. Nope. She didn't say that. She said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. I had such a great trip from Nazareth here. Those 75 miles, I had a great time. I stopped at two rest areas, and I picked flowers. No, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She was spiritual. Other than questions, when Jesus was 12, Son, why have you treated us this way? And 30, they need some wine. All the words of Mary are to Gabriel and Elizabeth in Luke 1. So we can, we can learn about her. Her affection was on things above, rather than the carnal things of earth. Just like Paul taught, set your affection on things above. Girls, it's taught in our church. And it's, it's a choice. What do you love? What motivates you the most? What pleases you the most? 
set your affection on those things that are spiritual, like Mary did. There was nothing foolish or giddy about Mary or her speech, for she was sober as young women should be. Young women should be sober because older women are to teach the younger women, and number one is to be sober, right there, to be sober. Mary was. Girls should hate foolish talking and jesting because foolish talking and jesting are two sins God will judge. That's an error. Ephesians 5, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. The speech, words, and content that come out of your mouth should be giving of thanks. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. God's done everything, even to little me. It's all about Him. Instead of foolish talking or jesting, which girls can easily fall into, so it was the number one trait that older women are to teach younger women to be sober. She was mature. Only 15 years old, that's our guess, yet she knew how to connect with a holy 75-year-old wife of a priest. She was mature, and that takes maturity. Mary abode with her about three months. That's with Elizabeth, the priest's wife, who was past the childbearing age. We've picked 75. We like 75. It's the number of miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Guests can be tiring after a few hours, let alone a few days. But this teenager was in Elizabeth's home three months. One way to measure maturity is if older, wise women want you around. They look for you. They ask for you. They enjoy conversing with you. It's highly unlikely that Elizabeth just used the mother of our Lord as a servant for three months. Not with the respect that Elizabeth paid to Mary as soon as they were in each other's presence. She didn't use her just as a domestic servant in the last trimester of her pregnancy. This is a way to measure the maturity of a girl. And it's not that the girl thinks that she can talk to older women. That's just arrogance. It's that if older women want that girl to talk to them. All the difference in the world. If you cannot hold a conversation with an older woman and contribute now and then, you need to grow up. The more you hang around with those your age, you're just going to default to the common denominator of your mutual flesh. Standing around always quiet, like a mute wallflower, helps no one. Make yourself useful by words and service, like Mary. Girls should not interrupt. They shouldn't pressure older women, or they shouldn't correct older women. Like Elihu in the Bible, who waited and waited for 31 chapters before he finally spoke. If you hang around your age all the time, you'll be too ignorant, because you won't learn anything, and you'll be too inexperienced to be great. Mary had a connection, and she, she could make a connection with Elizabeth, and there was probably a 60-year age gap. You know, maybe we could say that Elizabeth could have been her great-great-great-grandmother. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So pick your friends carefully, that they may teach the young women. See, girls, you want the older women to like you. You want the older women to enjoy talking to you, because then they can share things that will make you greater. And we want you greater than them, and the older women want you greater than them. They will share everything they've learned and give it to you so that you can mount up above them. Number 21, she was courteous. She stayed with Elizabeth for three months, but she left around John's birth to go back 75 miles to Nazareth. Just think, she could have stayed until her own birth of Jesus to make an even bigger splash after John's birth, but she had business back in Nazareth, as we know. Overstaying a visit's a clueless way for people to dislike you because they get tired of hosting you and so hate thee. Is what the Bible teaches. The Bible's filled with very, very practical wisdom. Number 22, she was honest. She didn't hide her pregnancy from Joseph, but she let it be known, through though a fearful thing. 
what in the world is Joseph going to think when I tell him that I'm pregnant by God? Right. She didn't hide. She let it be known. A girl can hide stuff like that for a long, long time. If you ever read the news, you will find out about girls giving birth that no one knew they were pregnant. Some girls giving birth that didn't know they were pregnant. She didn't hide. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph founds out. But she didn't hide. She was honest. Be honest when a bad thing happens. Bad girls hide it or try to excuse it. Good girls own it and explain it. Provide things honest in the sight of all men is the rule of Scripture. She stayed engaged to Joseph and trusted God, who took care of her by sending an angel to advise Joseph. And that's an extreme care that the Lord provided for Joseph to provide for Mary. Mary, trait number 23, she was virtuous. Joseph's reaction implies, though Mary was pregnant, she had a fabulous reputation with him. Then Joseph, her husband, having found out that Mary's pregnant, being a just man, and just here is not just in the sense, and it's used this way sometimes in the Bible, of severity in the law, but in this particular case, just is used for mildness in the law. Joseph, her husband, being a just man, because he, he's not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. He wasn't going to take her before the authorities of the Jewish religion and have her condemned for violation of betrothal, which was adultery and punishable by death. And she, he wasn't going to even divorce her in a very public way to make her a public example. He was going to do it in private. What motivated him toward that? Because the Bible says he was a just man. He was a noble man. He knew what the law of God required in most cases, but he had a mild spirit about him, which is a good thing to have. And this is the point I'm trying to drive at. She must have had a great reputation with him where he gave her the benefit of the doubt as much as he could, even in his thoughts, before he fully grasped that she was with child by the Holy Ghost. To have a reputation that can partially cover you, even in a situation like this, is a wonderful thing to have. And it's a wonderful thing to aim for. We know Mary was very virtuous because God would have demanded it to bless her, and we know Joseph would have demanded it because of the kind of man he was as well. Learning a fiancé as pregnant would usually cause even just men great wrath. And I've just mentioned about the death penalty, but Joseph did not opt for the death penalty or even a public divorce. He wasn't going to make a public example of her. Because this is what a girl can do with her husband. And for those of you that read Matthew chapter 1, you may have been a little confused. Why was Joseph referred to as her husband before they were married? Because betrothal, or endowment to be a wife, or engagement in Bible times was considered a contract binding like a husband and a wife. So on a contractual basis, he was her husband. And she was his wife. And no one could interrupt that. And to interrupt it sexually was adultery, and punishable by death, not fornication. Who can find a virtuous woman? This is a woman writing. Who can find a virtuous woman? A woman asks for her son, for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And that is the foundation of a great reputation that a woman and wife can have for her husband. Number 24, she was romantic. She and Joseph did not make love until Jesus was born, but then she did soon and often. She was romantic. You know, the Catholics have so corrupted the idea of Mary in our minds, we can't think of her like the Song of Solomon. But Mary would have fulfilled the Song of Solomon to whatever degree God intended the Song of Solomon to be a description of a good romantic marriage because God wrote one and blessed the other and she would have to or God would not have blessed her. She was romantic. This is entirely contrary to the Catholic Church 
and its corruption of this woman. The Bible tells us Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel had bidden him and took unto him his wife. They formally begot married, though they had been contracted to it. And it says, he knew, that's making love or having sex with her, he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. So though they had nine months or so together or some months together as husband and wife, he did not have sex with her until after Jesus was born. And that is what we understand right here from the Bible and from the Holy Spirit about Joseph. Mary had a hot marriage with Joseph. She never defrauded him because that would be to violate God's commandments and God blessed her as a faithful woman that loved and feared him in all her ways. Because the Bible tells a woman that the wife owes to the husband due benevolence and the wife hath not power of her own body but the husband. And Mary would have kept that. Mary had a hot marriage with Joseph because she had six more children with him. At least six. Four sons and a plural of daughters. And we're not told how many daughters. Is not this the carpenter's son? They asked about Jesus. Is not his mother called Mary? Joseph. Joseph the carpenter. His mother Mary. And his brethren. There's James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And his sisters, plural. Are they not all with us? Don't we all know this about Jesus of Nazareth? Whence then hath this man all these things? How can he do these miracles? We know his dad. We know his mom. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. How can he do all this? We deny and we despise the Roman Catholic heresy that Mary was a perpetual virgin, which, have made her a, which would have made her a cruel and profane sinner if she had mistreated and abused Joseph that way, her husband. We deny and despise the Roman Catholic heresy of celibacy, but look what the Bible says. Joseph married Mary. There is every reason to believe Mary was wildly romantic, just like the Song of Solomon describes a wife. Why is there every reason to believe it? I've been over it so many times. Did God inspire the Song of Solomon? Did God bless Mary? Did God bless Mary because she had found favor in His sight? Yes. Then she fulfilled the Song of Solomon. Any other conclusion is that God loves to bless and favor rebels. And He doesn't. 